Even without your head, I'm nasty, Neil. And we're joined by legendary Disney animator Andreas Deja, who's making his de- directorial debut with Mushka. Very cool to have you here. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So, what's the inspiration for the story? Well, I uh, when, when I was working at Disney, sometimes I was wondering if if you would have time to do your own short film, your own idea, what what might that be? And way back, I had a few ideas, but it really wasn't practical because uh, work at the studio takes your full attention, and it can't be a weekend thing, you know, that that, that you work away. So, so now that that uh, I did have some some time, um, I thought, well, let me let me do this now. Uh, uh, and I just asked myself a series of of questions, basically, uh, what would you like to animate that you haven't animated yet, and. I've, I've always loved tigers and, and drawn tigers. And I, I thought, well, I have a little bit of experience from Lion King, studying big cats, you know, so I could transfer that onto this tiger. And then I thought, well, maybe a story with a girl and, and a tiger, there could be some tension and some adventure with it. And that could be interesting, a girl raising a tiger and their, their bond. And uh, as uh, the tiger gets bigger, the, the girl finds out that there are bad people around them. Who actually want to kill him and and sell sell the the body and uh, so she finds out about it and uh, she wants to save him of course and the only thing she can think of is taking him back into the forest where she found him and hopefully he'll be a wild tiger from then on but maybe things don't go according to plan and that's that's not a story yet that's just an idea and so I reached out to a friend of mine who who has written novels and even writes poetry and uh does architecture just just all kinds of artistic things and i said uh, micah maybe you can help me with this and flesh this out so he took my idea and then wrote this really interesting screenplay added characters there was a grandma there was a father all of a sudden that she never knew that she had to spend time with and i it really felt like a like a little novel and i thought well it's pretty compact let's let's do this you know and so that's that's how we got started I think it's so excellent that you took a tiger that you love for the Jungle Book. And Shere Khan is amazing. Oh, yeah. uh, always loved. This is the villains are so cool because they're so really much more expressive than the um, protagonist most of the time. And you took this character who is, you know, the evilest of evil. And now you've got Mushka, who is this dangerous animal. And you see that the entire time, even before things, you know, intensify. Um, and I just find it really fascinating that you made this transition for this tiger. Yeah, the challenge with, with my tiger, with Mushka, was like, he doesn't talk. You know, that's an entirely different thing. You know, when you have a humanized animal with human voices, uh, uh that's that's what what disney is known for and 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 i've done that of course many times but here is a tiger who is supposed to be expressive and you're supposed to know what he's feeling at at the moment but he is not vocalizing that he's a real tiger and so the 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 first scene that i actually animated of him because i had very very strong feelings about that uh i started uh to do a scene in the middle of the film where uh, Sarah is taking him, has taken him back to the forest, and 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 says says goodbye to him, and he do, he does not 
understand what's going on. And she yells at him, said, go, go away, get out of here. And then there's this medium close-up of the tiger just kind of taking a couple of steps backward because she's never yelled at him, you know. He's trying to understand what's going on here. So again, he's not vocalizing, but you need to see that in, in his face. So you had to be very careful how you portray that. Uh, and, 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 and it, it actually was a challenge, but, but a really welcoming challenge because, because I really hadn't done that. And I also, this, these are, the tiger is very realistic. Like Shere Khan is a tiger. We know it's a tiger, but there's like all these different features. It's, it's very over the top, but your tiger is very real and that there's so much in the eyes. There's so much going on in the eyes and so subtle, but you can still see it as a as an audience member. Yeah, and uh, the way I started out is uh, with any, with any assignment, it's really research. So I researched tigers and I was very lucky about a decade ago, the LA Zoo here actually did have a tiger mom with two cubs. So I was so lucky. And so I went down there and, and sketched and a friend of mine took some footage so I could study that at home later, uh, frame, frame by frame. And then you also look at like National Geographic specials on tigers, and there there are a few of those. And uh, and yeah, you just uh, dive into the world of tigers and how they move and how they react. And uh, uh, that's a big part of any assignment is to do your re research. And that's uh, also a fun part of the whole process. Um, yeah. Uh, since it took you 10 years to to finish um when people say that you know sometimes people think like you you're just working on it for 10 years but like uh so during those 10 years like were you you were doing other things so you had to take find time to finish mushka well it was mostly mushka uh at the beginning i think after we were done storyboarding which took about nine ten months uh uh an offer came my way from a publisher to write maybe a book on Disney's classic animators, the ones that w worked with Walt Disney. So I couldn't say no to that since I knew yeah. some of those guys personally. So I, I did that and that, that took about 10 months uh, out of the schedule. And then I also did over the years, a couple of exhibitions for the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. That took a little time, but Mushka was the main thing, the main gig for me during those years. and. Uh, the, the main reason why it took so long is really because our crew was tiny. Uh, it really stayed small. Uh, and um, yeah, if you had 100 people working on it, it, it would be done in one year or six months even, you know. But uh, but, but for me, uh, because I was able to do so much animation myself, it's a very personal project. You know, I have more animation in Mushka than in any Disney film that I ever did because I, I animated so so much on it. Mm -hmm. So along those lines, when you saw it for the first time at the premiere, you know, with with people, uh, what was that experience like for you? It was pretty incredible. I um, I got really emotional actually before the premiere when we when we uh, were finished storyboarding. What you do with your storyboard sketches, you you scan those already and you line them up and you have footage. You know, you have you have continuity and you put some temporary. Uh, voices uh, in a temporary music and just to see what this whole thing is long thing because it's almost half an hour what that feels like and uh, I I almost fell apart to be honest with you when, when I saw it for the first time no animation in it yet but just to see what the story uh, what feelings you get out of, out of this particular story and and 
I was hit by the emotion, honestly. Because uh, I, I didn't know if, if we could do this. You know, this is new to me. Directing a film and over, o- overlooking the story process is it's entirely different than than just animating. You know, at Disney, I, uh, I've always been giving uh, a bunch of scenes here, some Jafar scenes, and this is what he's doing. Here's the storyboard. Here's your dialogue. Go and act it out. But this was a whole whole different thing because you find yourself being involved in in every aspect of filmmaking, in the storytelling, in the voice recording, in uh, in in uh, in the final sound mix, in uh, scoring the film. You're in. There was the there was also the fun of it that you were part of everything of every step of uh, the process. So. Uh, very, very different. A little scary at first because I, I lacked experience in some of those areas, but um, a ton of fun. Um, you mentioned Jafar. When when you're given the Disney uh, villains to create, like, um, is this a clean? Is it just like a clean slate? Like you can create however they look, or are you already given like parameters of you know kind of how they're going to look? Well, before I started started animating uh, on any uh, Disney character you set the design as a supervising animator you have to set the design of the character first you know but even in that it's it's a bit of a team effort because when i come onto the movie to aladdin by the way uh, there I, I can look already at some storyboard sketches and there's a version of jafar already there it's not finalized it's kind of loose but then it's up to me to set the final design based on what other people maybe have done at that point so yeah it's it's my it's my job to set the design and also make sure that my design fits with the design of the other characters with Aladdin, the genie and all the others. And, uh, and then you start animating, uh, you know, you get, you get the voice recordings and you listen to them and that inspires the whole thing, you know, what the characters will, uh, uh, how they will move and, 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 and act, you know, but, uh, uh, that, that is really up to me. And to give you one example, uh, so as you know, I, I did Jafar for that movie. If another animator, let's take Eric, Eric Goldberg, who did the genie beautifully. If he, if Eric would have done Jafar, I can guarantee you, it wouldn't be just a little bit different. It would be, comple- it'd be a completely different character because of the way he thinks, the way he animates. And if I had done the, the genie instead, it would be the same thing. It would be a completely different genie. It's that personal. You know, in animation, hand-drawn animation. Uh, I'm glad that Eric animated the genie because he did a masterpiece and uh, did it his way, and it's absolutely incredible. Uh, so, but just to tell you that it, 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 it's it's really personal expression what what we do. Now, were you assigned people? Like, I was thinking about this. Do you get to choose? Be like, this is the one for me, or they're like, here you go, you get Jafar. You get genie. It's very funny the way that the, the the animators casting works. There's it's not formal. It sort of happens when you meet the directors in the in the, in the hallway and you say, "Hey, I just saw that storyboard sequence, you know, uh, for this new film, and I think I could have some fun doing this character." And then they might think about it, or they might say right away, "Well, we had you in mind for that character." It's very casual. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not formal at all. Uh, there was a time uh, when I was given villains to animate, and, and there was really one after the other. It was Gaston, Jafar, and Scar. And when by by the time we got to Hercules, they um, asked me to maybe do Hades. 
And uh, usually uh, I would have jumped at that uh, opportunity, but uh, I told them, I said, look, I have just done three bad guys. If I do another one, there's a danger of me repeating myself, doing things with that villain that I've little bits, expressions and all that that I've done before. So I said, if I have a choice, maybe I shouldn't do the villain. Maybe I should do Hercules. That's a completely different character. You won't get all the laughs, but uh, for me, that would be a different challenge. And they said, we understand that you do Hercules. So there were choices that we had throughout. But this is a team, you know, if we interview a lot of people and it's you, we hire you for the part and those people will often, for the most part, just go off to the four winds and do their other projects. But it sounds like being in this environment, it really is more of a team where you know each other, you kind of, it feels very different, like a much warmer environment. Yeah, uh, team teamwork is really the key here um, because, uh, you know, especially when you work on a feature, nobody can do this by themselves, obviously. And uh, we did have people apply at the studio over the years who were very, very good. You know, the portfolio was great and they could animate, but they really couldn't warm up to the idea that it's a team effort, that you maybe your idea, idea might not be the final one, that you might have to work with other people's ideas, and, and, they, and they left. And to me, it was actually never really a problem because I saw the benefit in it because uh, I could actually work with other people's ideas for my character that were that were really good ideas I didn't have. So, um, or I could help other people too with with my suggestions. Uh, so, to me, this whole team thing always worked for me. On on Mushka, how much since it was you know uh, mostly you, how much um, of the characters, uh, the the uh, the um, voice actors, you know, shaped what the look of the characters would be. Well, I came up with the look of the, the characters. I did that. Uh, the, the, the look of the background um, was mostly Natalie from Spione Carp. She painted just about 90% of all the care of all the backgrounds. It was just amazing. So it's one, it was really one person's vision. Uh, there's also a, a, an artist called Peter Merle. He did some development work, some research. Uh, uh, for the worlds that we see, whether it's grandmother's apartment or whether it's si Siberia and what that might look like. So he also had something to do uh, in a rough form, what that might be. But Natalie, Natalie painted all these backgrounds. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we we, um, we had a small crew, but, but a really strong crew who, who made this film. But talking about the villains that you've made, they're all, all they had their little buddies and their little flunkies but this was these three guys who were it seemed all about the same different sizes and shapes but similar how was that for you to have it's it's like a very different formula for these villains who didn't have these big giant personalities like a scar a jafar etc yeah had this been a feature to be honest with you uh an hour and a half length I would develop those villains individually and uh, you would find out specifically who they are, what drives them. Uh, for, uh, for a half hour film or almost half hour film, I, uh, I, I didn't have time to do that. They were, they're just meant no good. You know, they want to, they want to have money. They want to, they're, they're ready to kill for it, to kill this uh, animal and sell it. 
that is their main drive. And, and they're, they're a team, you know, they, they cheat during the card game to achieve their goal. Uh, so, so they're just, they're just bad, you know. Uh, I, of course, gave them different mannerisms. There's the chubby one. Uh, there's, I call him the boss, the one who has the hat. And then there's the, the creepy looking one who, who wears these glasses. You can't see his eyes. So yeah, graphically, you trying to distinguish themselves from each other a little bit. But overall, they are a small group of bad guys. <laughs> so you have uh, festivals coming up. Um, what, what kind of festivals do uh, an animated short play at? Well, you submit and uh, you hope you get selected. We are in Palm Springs at the end of the week. We, ha we have a big day coming up on Saturday showing the film. Uh, we've done a couple of festivals in Europe uh, uh, beforehand, and we're going to just do more and, and see how it goes. And it's really fun showing the film in different countries even. Uh, we were in Germany, we were in Spain, now we're back in the U.S. And uh, to see people react, uh, and respond is just really satisfying and because me as a filmmaker now i've lived with this thing for so long and it was it was just here the film was these characters lived here in my studio my home studio and to see it just all of a sudden go out there into the world uh it's it's uh it's a little shocking at first uh to let this thing go you know but then reactions have been so positive and and really heartwarming to me that uh it's just, it's just, uh, it's just a joy sharing it. How does it feel to get to that point of like now? All right, this is done, and it's going. It is going to go out in the world. That seems like it would be an uncomfortable thing to finalize that. Like this is it. This is now my little baby in the world. Yeah, I um, mean, even though we finished at the end of last year, uh, I think, I think mentally, I haven't completely cut myself of it. Uh, I still do some of these kinds of drawings uh, uh, because I want to. And uh, again, we had this, this small team and I feel like I, I need to thank them for sticking with me all those years. So these are thank you drawings <laughs> for certain members of, of my team, you know, that, that I sent out. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I haven't cut the cord yet. <laughs> you know, eventually that's going to happen. And it's such a longer investment of time, too. Like you were saying, if you worked with a team, it could be even six months of time. And this is 10 years of being, I mean, these get beyond just a character. These are beings, right? These are feel like they're living. They're part of your life. So yeah. sticking with it all that time, that's a lot. Yeah. Somebody asked me that recently. How can you stick with some something with a project like this for 10 years? I found it kind of, kind of crazy. but. Um, um it just i mean the movie took on a life of its own um i knew when i read the script um that this is not a seven minute thing i, I couldn't pack all that all these story elements into a seven minute film and i said we're just going to board it and 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 we're going to create the storyboard reel then we get a rough idea of how long it's going to be and it, it just took 28 minutes to tell that that story you know i couldn't do it in less I could do it in more. I mean, this could have been also a feature film, but uh, I wasn't in for a feature on this project. So uh, it just felt like the, the right length. Um, and um, uh, it was it was also what was also different for me was um, I didn't have anybody call me on Friday and say, 
where is sequence eight? You promised that you, you know, had that done by, by Thursday. And where I didn't have that, you know, I, it got done when it got done, you know, uh, just have to stay with it and be disciplined because it's very easy to say, ah, I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to do that scene at the end of the week. Uh, I had those moments and I did take a day off here and there, but of course, in order to get it done, you have to stay with it and be disciplined. And, uh, I did, I just took great pride and joy just in the progress of everybody who worked on it. Whenever Natalie would send me like a new background, I was just on cloud nine because she is so good, you know? And uh, so we kind of lifted each other up, whether it was my animation or background paintings or or we did recorded voices, you know, we kind of lifted each, each other up. Uh, what are the plans to do with Mushka after the festival run? Distribution would come next. Uh, so we're looking, we're starting to look at that, uh, soon but right now we're just fo focusing on the festival circuit and playing as many festivals as we can and uh enjoying that aspect of it yeah and oh, i do I have to go on sorry <laughs> i was just gonna say i'm so into the art piece actually jafar really inspired me and i had like a million drawings of jafar all over the place <laughs> and i wanted to go to ucla it was a whole thing but anyways looking at the sketchy quality and i know you said like there's a a real value to you in the sketchy quality and it does go back to that like great era of disney where there was a lot of that and you don't in your mind you're just watching it and you don't think geez what is up with all these lines it's just mm -hmm. but it gives something to it like there's a flow and a movement that's very different from the very neat kind of line work yeah i, I think you, you make an excellent point uh, uh i wanted to go back to that to the 1960s uh, uh, you know, especially the movie, uh, uh, 101 Dalmatians, but also the other ones, the Aristocats, Robin Hood, uh, they had the animators drawings on the screen. You know, they didn't have the assistant drawings who were all neat and clean. And it just adds to the artistry when you see the artist's hand on the screen. Uh, it just adds, it just, it just becomes more personal. And I really wanted that and remind people that look, these are drawings. They're obviously drawings. You see the black outlines, but they can also become real and tell you a story. And, you know, and that, that to me is just the ultimate magic. Yeah, I just want to say I really love. There's a a little nod to uh to the witch and Snow White on the bus, and I thought that was very cool with the apple. There was a, it's just enough, I think, to uh, you know it's not like hey this is from snow white but it's it's there and it kind of looks like it, it was a nice little nod i thought like a little homage here and there to to, to the past you know to to things that inspired me and the father i thought oh there's a little we didn't talk about this neil and i but there's like a little huntsman event where the father starts off as this really severe kind of doesn't want to deal with this daughter right. and then there is that warmth and and really caring about her and wanting to make sure she's safe yeah, and that was an, an, a, a really important arc. It's not just Sarah and the Tigers, also very much so Sarah and her father. And, and it takes the whole movie almost for, for them to, to see them warming up to each other. And uh, those, are, those are things you have to plan very carefully and because that happens very gradually. To me, the first moment where he sort of, sort of say weakens and, and surprises himself feeling, having these feelings for his daughter is when she thanks him 
because he said you can keep the little tiger cub for a while he had just chopped some wood that he's holding and she just grabs him and gives him a hug and he just lets go of the wood and you hear it fall down you know it's almost a little wall comes down so that was the start of him softening now, you mentioned the score and uh, Mushka's lullaby is really nice in there and uh I read in the thing it's by uh, Richard Sherman who uh is also from Disney so um I assumed you worked with him before no this was the oh. first time I mean I, I grew up with his music obviously him and his brother wrote most of the songs for Jungle Book which was which was my first D Disney film as a kid I was 11 years old I think and uh my god those songs were in my head you know for for years and uh, the idea of working with, with Richard Sherman on my film is just still, I still get goosebumps th th thinking about it. And he offered, because about a decade ago, he asked me what I was doing and I told him, well, I think I want to do a film and this is roughly the story. And he got sort of fascinated by it. And he said, well, he said, maybe somebody at this table, we had lunch at that time, he said, Maybe somebody at this table can write some music for. And I said, Richard, are you kidding me? <laughs> I would have never dared to ask him because he's Richard Sherman. Yeah. But he did write this beautiful theme that we use throughout the film, and also that becomes a song at the end. And my composer, Fabrizio Mancinelli, is also a friend of Richard's, and he used that theme and re reinterpreted it throughout the film and uh, uh, created this gorgeous uh, symphonic score. To me, it's like. John Williams meets the Sherman Brothers, you know, that sort of Mushka musically. Yeah. So uh, people should really go in and seek it out when it's at a festival near them because, uh, you know, we saw it on, on the small screen, but I imagine on the big screen visually and, and the music would be a great experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, try to uh, see, see the movie in a theater. We uh, had the, the score, uh, we, we record the score with an uh, orchestra in Vienna. Very, very, very lucky to find those people. Uh, and of course, our final sound, sound mix was done by none other than a Skywalker sound. So you're in for an experience if you see it big. Yeah. How do you plan? Because, you know, your size of your work is only so big. How do you plan that to be on a big screen experience? Or is it kind of just, well, I'm going to draw it and it looks great. And just by default, it's going to be amazing on the big screen. Yeah, uh, we. I have a projection uh, system here at the house. So I, I can see the movie on my, my monitor and, and check the progress and check for mistakes. But I can also screen it on a, on a big wall, you know. Oh, wow. uh, so I did see it sort of on a large scale throughout the film. Uh, but it's just your 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 uh, uh, choice, you know. How detailed do you want to be? And uh, we wanted to be just detailed enough to create a world, but keep it sketchy, keep it loose, and not overloaded with things that maybe aren't necessary to 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 create an animated sketch ra rather than something that is very mannered and, and finished looking. And uh, you dedicated to Eric Larson. If you would like to say something about him, yeah. Uh, there came a time when I thought, well, I, I should dedicate it to somebody. And I thought, well, it could be my, my parents, could be certain artists, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that influenced me. And then I thought, oh, man, Eric Larson is the one who hired you, you know. And none of this would have, Mushka wouldn't have happened. The career that I had wouldn't have happened if, if Eric Larson way back didn't see a, a potential in me. 
uh, you know, I, I was uh, going to art school in uh, Germany over there, and uh, I contacted him because I had heard that he ran a, a training program uh, at the studio to bring new people in. So I contacted him and sent him some samples of my life drawing, animal drawing. And he wrote back and he said, why don't you finish school? I had about six months left, and then we'll take you into the training program. So it was all because of him, really, because it would have been easy for him to say, well, um, you know, you have to work on this, you have to work on that, you're not quite there yet. And my career would have been completely different, but for, for him to see some something in my work that allowed me to join the studio, I mean, I, mean, I, I had to dedicate it to Eric Larson. So that little boy who saw the Jungle Book, did he truly dream it possible that he would be where you are today? It really, it really is that simple. Uh, and, and, and it was very linear. You know, you write to them, you get some information, you take the information seriously, you go to art school, then you reapply seriously at that time. But, but I, I, I also have to admit that I was pretty driven. You know, uh, my art teacher way back in at high school, when I told him that I wanted to become an animator, he said, boy, that's not going to be easy. It's going to be competition. And he said, let me tell you, um, animation has to be the mo most important thing in your life. It has to. And it, it really frightened me uh, then as a kid. But now looking back, it already had become the most important thing in my life. It really was. So, so, so yeah, that all that passion and drive took me to Disney and now to, to do, do, do my own films. Yeah. The so, great um, joy of being in, in our presence. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You still drawn the pictures. Would you ever revisit Mushka? Yeah, somebody asked me that. Uh, and it could be a feature film. Uh, at this point, I'm, I'm happy the way it turned out. Uh, would I revisit it and, and expand it? Maybe. But I'm not really thinking about that right now. Yeah. All right. What, what is uh, next? Uh, I'm uh, playing around with uh, another short film idea. Uh, this would be a short, short seven minutes. It's a lovely format, you know, seven minutes. Uh, and uh, it would be more of a series of character studies rather than a linear story. But and, and, and it would be funny, very, very funny. Well, so, uh, this has been great talking with you. So thanks so much for uh, doing the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, uh, you guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Sorry if it was thank a little you late. So much, thank, yeah, this was great. Thank you. Really I appreciate did it. I draw Jafar all the time. I was doing <laughs> flip books in the corner of my schoolwork. It was cool. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Thanks, thank guys. So Bye. Appreciate Bye. There is an ancient evil, a cult like never before. The elder beer will throw out of every pore Now faced with one decision that determines our fate Let them win or exterminate Do you bear the mark of the werebeard? This ain't no hipster trend Do you bear the mark of the werebeard? The whisker wars must end Do you bear the mark of the werebeard? Do 
What's with this mad scientist and his hair gold formula? We need the scissors of Mustachia. Well, don't you stand there, Peach Buzz. Join in on the crusade. Bring out streamers and nair grenades. Do you bear the mark of the werebeard? This ain't no hipster trend. Do you bear the mark of the werebeard? The whisker wars must end. Do you bear the mark of the werebeard? Yeah.